You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Welcome to the RUV English podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thank you as ever for your company. Today I, I'm in Akranes and I'm in the company of Jacqueline Pussell Arneson, who has quite the story. She is a new Icelander. She's been here for, I think, six years, and she's going to tell me why and where she's from and, and what brought her here. Jacqueline, welcome to the podcast. Hi, welcome. We're here in your gallery, which we're going to get to. Yes. But before we do, I want to hear about your story and what brought you to Iceland. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I actually played professional football. Um, I played football growing up for a very long time, and... Football as in soccer. <laughs> um, <laughs> does so, that confusion arise a lot? Yeah, I suspect it does. It definitely, it definitely arises a lot, especially because I was like, everyone always assumes I'm going to say soccer. So if I, as they say, if I say football, they think I might be speaking about American football. But no, I'm not. I'm not quite big enough for that sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I grew up in Pennsylvania and played football my whole life. Um, got a scholarship to play football at the University of Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I did pretty well there, so I got um, a professional contract overseas starting in Finland, and then I came to Iceland in 2016 to play. And why Iceland? I mean, forgive my lack of knowledge of how <laughs> these things work, but when you say you got you, you were placed, were you purchased? Were you, did yeah, you exactly. did you get an offer? So I had um, I had an agent. I was okay. part of an agency. I was able to sign with an agent. He took me on and um, basically found me a place on um, one of the like best teams at the time in Finland in their women's like professional league there. And um, then the same thing happened. You know, that season ended. I obviously still wanted to continue playing. They look for teams who are looking for the position that you are maybe, and mm. they, they see your video, your highlight video, and think yes or no, you know, kind of thing. And um, the team in Akranes, IA, um, they, we were in the best Adelden at the time, which is like the top league here, and um, they wanted to sign me. So I came here and... And I mean, who doesn't want to be in Iceland, especially yeah. nowadays? Like, I mean, it's a top like travel destination. And yeah. um, part of the reason I wanted to play professional soccer abroad was because I always loved traveling and experiencing new cultures and seeing new things. And I just really loved the opportunity to get to do that through something I yeah. loved. So you'd been in Finland already at this point for, for how long? I was there for maybe five months, okay. I think. I was there for, I kind of came into a tra in a transfer window in the summer. So. Right. And it's um, it's a summer league, but it ended in October that year. So then, I was I went home to the U.S. for up until maybe February of the following year. So like only like four or five months I was home, and then I went to Iceland for um, right. eight months total in 2016. And, and and did Finland to Iceland feel like less of a leap than maybe America straight to Iceland oh, would have been? Definitely, definitely. I mean, culturally they're pretty similar. I mean as far as it being a Nordic country yeah. and, you know, a very progressive country, very welcoming country, um, full of nature, cold. <laughs> but, but a language that's totally um, unrelated to Icelandic. Different, yeah. Completely different from Icelandic, for sure, but also beautiful. And, yeah. like, they definitely... Um, they are different, but I feel I felt like I 
I knew a lot about the Nordic culture, like mm. seeing babies sleeping outside in their prams. Like, you know, that was not a shock for me coming to Iceland because yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. seen it already and learned about it in Finland. And also Moomin. Moomin is a Finnish thing. So, I, and when I came to Iceland, I was kind of like, I loved it. And I was like excited that it was also a part of like yeah. culture here. And so having come here six years ago in those circumstances, again, forgive my ignorance of how it works <laughs> if you are a professional sports yeah. player. Yeah. Did you then decide that you wanted to stay? Did you then say to your club, actually, keep me here? No, no. So actually, like, I so I was here in 2016, and I played a full season. So almost, it was about eight, nine months that I was in Iceland. And I met my now husband during that time, because he was also playing football here, and he is from here. Mm. Um, and we literally met, like, at the fields, you know? So that's, yeah, that's funny. But... I actually ended up going and playing in Scotland the following season because Celtic wanted me and you don't say that no to like a team as big as them. And of course, we were not dating at the time, so we were just friends. So I didn't feel like anything was keeping me mm -hmm. in Iceland. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until 2019 when we officially started dating and were serious that I was seriously thinking about moving to Iceland again so okay yeah who's the better player then between you and him <laughs> oh <laughs> me no I mean he was a different player yeah, yeah. you know he's yeah. we are actually like the same height I am I'm tall for a girl and I was a central central defender he was an outside defender he's super fast mm. um faster than me definitely just very different players but it's also a lot different in the men's side compared to the women's side, yeah. especially in Iceland. Well, I mean, it was going to ask you about that. What is the state of women's football then in Iceland? You were playing here professionally yeah. six years ago, so it's obviously been established for some, yeah. some time. Oh, definitely. And it's, it's only gotten bigger and better. And that's been amazing. I mean, hundreds of American players, professional players, have come to Iceland to play yeah. in the women's, like Bestedalden and the Lengedalden, which is like the second... Like, there's three tiers of women's football here. There are, like, a million on the men's side. <laughs> I don't even know how many there are on the men's side. But So there's only three here. But it has gotten such a draw. Like, even some of my former Scottish, uh, like, Celtic teammates had come and played here for a season. It's, it's actually it's a very high level, very good coaching, good clubs. Um, it's everyone wants to come to Nordic countries to play, especially women, because they pay okay. the best. Yeah. They offer the best contracts and the best living situations. Because I mean, also it's just a more progressive political country as well. So yeah. women are more equal in this part of the world than mm. maybe in some other parts. I don't know if you saw a few weeks ago when the weather was particularly cold yeah. in <laughs> Borganes. Mm -hmm. The pitch there, which the children play on. Mm is outside there isn't room for them to play inside oh, and so wow, they okay. just get their boots on despite it being minus 15 oh, and um what, what struck me about that was just how stoic they were about it and they just got <laughs> on and did it but also the the real equality of the girls football team yeah. in that particular story they were every bit as much a part of that story every bit as much a part of the sort of footballing culture yeah. in borganess mm -hmm. as the boys team it seems right. it, yeah i mean i think it's i think i'm always going to say it could be better anywhere like I just believe that I think that it could always be better one of the best parts about playing um, soccer in university in America is that there is a thing called title nine which means that any money that the men get the women have to get an equal amount mm. so they get equal amount of scholarships equal amount of funding into their resources for like um, athletic care like you know physical care all of those things so 
there's never a disparity in in the university like mm. realm of soccer but um i have found since, since playing abroad in many different countries like there's always going to be not i hope not always but there has always been a disparity at least in some of what is given to the women versus the men because it does naturally mm. draw you know more revenue and okay. but we're doing our best to change that. <laughs> now, an eagle-eared listener, as I'm sure everyone is yeah. to the podcast, will have spotted that I said that we were in your gallery yes. at the start of yeah. this. And it's quite striking, given that we've been talking for 10 minutes yeah. about football, because it leads me to observe that you've done the very Icelandic thing of doing lots of different things. Yes. <laughs> so is, this, is, is art, which we're going to talk about now, is this your second act, or is this something that you always did? This, it's a little bit of both. So I've <laughs> been both athletic and artistic for my whole life I like that's ever just since, not fair I, I, pick one I, tr I had to you know you did you almost I did have to you yeah, know yeah. I did I ended up choosing football over art for a long time because it felt um easier in a way like I was football came easy to me in a lot of ways I excelled athletically for most of my life and it was like a natural path, mm. knowing I could get a full scholarship to go to universe, a great university and also play soccer was, I mean, you can't really turn that down and you don't really get full scholarships for yeah, yeah. art these days. Oh. So I actually ended up studying art history and museum studies. That was my degree um, with a minor in uh, literature. Okay. <laughs> so I did that <laughs> while I was also playing football full time in college um, because I was that still was such a passion of mine, yeah. but I didn't start painting again until I actually moved back to Iceland in 2008, or 2020, January 2nd, 2020, so. <laughs> okay, well I said we were in your gallery, the building that we're actually in here in, in Akranes is? Yeah, so it's actually an old bank, and this actually is just where I had my art show. Yeah. My, my gallery is going to be somewhere different. Um, I would love to turn this into my gallery. It's definitely was on my mind, but um, it's, not for sale, apparently. <laughs> but it can be borrowed. Uh, yes, it can yes. be borrowed. And it was borrowed for this amazing show yeah. that I was able to put together. And the people that run it um, are so, they're so great and so helpful for, and want this building, which is extremely, um, like it was a very important part of Akranes for a very long time as the central yeah. like hub area. Because you can see this was, at one time, this was the city center, the town center, and they're really trying to build it back up again to be yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, this is where I had my show over what was called Vetradagar, which is like winter days, which yeah. is a little bit of a, it was like a weekend festival that was happening where there were a lot of art shows and other things going on as like a celebration. Well, I should say that we're talking here on the 20th of March. Yeah. So this is just at the end of, of that period. Yes. Let's take a look at some of the artworks because you very kindly <laughs> kept some up still here on the, the wall for me and you can maybe talk me through these pieces i'll try to describe them you've used yeah. a round palette i think you might say as a stormy sky is maybe represented yeah. at the top with lots of thick paint uh used in an almost 3d way and yeah. it, it sort of glitters as well in the middle here so yeah. translate that terrible attempt to describe what's <laughs> okay. going on on the canvas to what you've actually right. done here well i'm going to start with talking about what the show was about okay. just to give you some context so being an art historian by my degree, I um, was always really interested in the Romantic era, um, especially the UK, like the British Romantic era with John Keats, you know, poets 
Percy Shelley, um, John Constable, painter. And um, he, John Constable, was known for painting English countryside landscapes. And for this specific piece called Edge of a Hayfield, um, I wanted to kind of have my own abstract interpretation of mm. something that he did and what he created, which was a lot of moody, cloudy skies and a lot of often like trees and farmland and all of that stuff. So this is kind of my abstract interpretation of that. It's very cloudy and misty. There's a lot of depth, um, yeah. a lot of texture going on, even some sand I have put in here. Okay. Yeah. I, I, well, it, there's a lot of the Icelandic stormy climate in here, exactly. isn't there? Exactly. It's, it's, I mean, sometimes the UK and Iceland have similar weather. Yes. <laughs> and I <don't> <laughs> so, so definitely like that. It, I was yeah. kind of wanted to show like a storm rolling in, but yeah. there's still a bit of light that you see in the background, you know? And it's, it's that sense, isn't it? That, you know, you've got the, some bright patches at the top indicating yeah. that as is the case in Iceland, the weather could change in 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And this was kind of, this texture here I used is actually, um, in Icelandic, they call it like sparsh, which is like spackle, you know, like what you use to, you know, cover up nails, like nail yeah. holes in the wall. Um, so I used that mixed with sand and water to create a cool texture base. That's what I did here. And then I added, you know, some gold, which is yeah. also where you see the shine. And across the middle, as we said, very thick use of paint. Would you have yeah. used knives for this rather than yeah, a brush? So I put, I really, the way I start any painting, if I'm using texture, I put the texture down first. So I put the texture down first in the way I wanted it at, with the sand and everything. And wait, I have to wait for that to dry. Mm. Where does the sand come from? Which beach? Uh, Langazand did. Okay, just around uh, the corner. Right, just down here yeah. in Akranes, our famous, amazing beach. Like one of the only, like, actually, like, sand-colored sand beaches <laughs> you can find. <laughs> it's uh, not black or red. No, it's it sand-colored, yes. Which is, which is really, really nice. It's one of the most, my, my favorite places in Akranes to just yeah. take a walk and everything. And I really wanted to incorporate some of that into my works because I... I love painting nature. That's usually what I'm most inspired by. Um, and that was also what drew, like, drew me towards the romantics because they were um, operating through the 1800s to the 1850s, you know, with so much industrialism was going on in the UK. They were very much like rejecting that. Mm -hmm. They wanted to almost go back to medieval times, you know, where it was all farmland, no roads, no smoke, no, you know, crowded, rivers with all the metal and aluminum coming in and all of that stuff so they were very wanting to return to nature and that was kind of what yeah. this whole show was about it's a really interesting way to use that influence i think that you described yeah. and the other pieces yeah. that you have yeah. are on a, a similar theme and in fact if you yeah. Look at the image that accompanies this podcast, I think, on our Facebook page. You will see two images, the one that we've just described on the right and the smaller one on the left here. Yes. Yeah, so this is called Rain Awakened Flowers, which was actually just an excerpt from um, one of the romanticist poems that I just found, like, I wish I could recite it, but I'm not that good. Um, <laughs> and um, that, that poem, though, really made me feel like spring was coming. You know, it talks a lot about, you know, flowers and the rain and and it almost made me think of that feeling that you get when it has just rained and you can in the spring and you can kind of smell the flowers and smell the, the wet, damp dirt and all of those things. And that was kind of what made me think of this. So you see a lot of greens. There's like pink accents. There's like some spray paint kind of yeah. making some little mists going on. There's a lot of light and dark contrasts and um, just overall kind of a earthy 
airy feel to it. So this is obviously at the end of the exhibition that yes. you've had and some of the works have sold, which is fantastic. Yes. So tell me about the gallery that you want to and will indeed be yes. setting up later yes. in the summer. Yes. Um, so that was, that came to my mind because I've lived here permanently now for almost four years. And I, as an artist, I've always struggled to find a place to have a show. When we have some event like this, it's, there is no gallery here. There's no gallery that I can permanently have my works in for people to come see. I have a very small studio currently. So if someone says, can I come take a look at some one of your paintings, um, they have to come in my little dark basement gallery. And, and you know, that's just not cohesive to how I want them to view my work, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's not, it's a studio, not a gallery, you know, so it's not really for other people. Yeah. I wanted a space that was for other people to come and not just for my work, but a platform for all the local artists, other Icelandic artists, maybe even eventually foreign artists who want to, you know, have some of their work in Iceland or have a show, you know, in Akronet, like, you know, something definitely smaller. It's not Reykjavik, but it's mm. so full of talented artists and musicians and just so many was, was that a surprise to you, perhaps, that Iceland is manifestly full of creative people, but even in relatively small, <laughs> relatively small places, I yeah. should say, such as Akrones, that there is creative talent seemingly everywhere, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. That was, that was a surprise. I mean, only because you just don't assume that something somewhere so small could have so many talented people and not just talented, like, like internationally talented, in my opinion. Mm. There are so many so many people that are creative and Iceland in general that have the capacity to be internationally known. And coming from where I'm from in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we have a lot of galleries, a lot of you know smaller museums. We're only an hour from Philadelphia, which of course has massive museums mm -hmm. that are well known. And so I had come from a very um, art and cultural, you know, oriented place. So I didn't, I didn't know what to expect really yeah. ab about that scene coming here. So. But that's also why I also want to have this gallery because that is something that's missing. And it feels weird that it's missing mm -hmm. because there are so many talented people. There, need to be a, there needs to be a space for them to show their work, you know, and at least have a show in proper lighting and space. Like we're talking, I am having a show in an old bank, right? Like that's, and it's great and it worked out and everything, but you know, it's not a gallery. It's not yeah, just yeah. blank walls, perfect lighting, all of this stuff. I so did you have somewhere in mind then for the gallery? I, I have a few places. Okay. You know, the real estate market isn't great right now. <laughs> um, and, and I think it'll, you know, of course, start out a little smaller than maybe I would want. But, I, but it's like, it's also part of my dream here and like establishing myself in Akronest. Like I want to have this gallery space so that I can also teach classes and I can, you know, have more creative license over what I do and, and what I show and maybe even have other art shows in that space. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm hoping, the space is kind of in the works right now, so I don't want to say anything Sure, but, 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 you, but in, in your head you've got a plan yes, for it, yeah, you, a vision? A huge, I have a, <laughs> I'm full of visions. <laughs> that, that's kind of, you know, my biggest yeah. problem and also, you know, advantage in something. Well, this country dreams big creatively, Definitely. doesn't it? Oh, and I would I would go on to say they dream big in general, not just creatively. I mean, even going back to we, us talking about football, you know, one of the smallest 
countries in Europe and you know they have made the euros on both women's and men's side and you know they were in the world cup like that's that's huge and so i think there's a it's a whole country of big and eurovision yeah and eurovision <laughs> which is something i had no idea about until i moved here i was i was i wanted to ask you about that briefly because i think eurovision is something which is barely even pricked the consciousness of, of, oh, of any American. No, I mean, I didn't know that's how ABBA had gotten started. <laughs> I love, and I've always loved ABBA. I loved Mamma Mia. Like, yeah. you know, I grew up listening to them. You know, that's kind of like my parents' generation. And I had just no idea that was how they got started. I didn't, yeah. When yeah. people said Eurovision to me, I, I was like, what is, like, I literally was like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> but you do now, I guess. I do. For my, six years. my boyfriend's brother's girlfriend yeah. is... She loves it. She's uh, always watching everything. She knows everything about it. If you took right. her to like a trivia contest about Eurovision, she, she, she would win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, as I'm sure you'll be saying yourself, Alfred Delia this, yeah. this year uh, when, yes. she, oh, when she definitely. Performs. She's so cool. Yeah. And I mean, I thought we should have won like last two years, but that's just me. Everyone has their own taste. I don't I think it was just you. I think a lot of people. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, like I, <laughs> I didn't watch religiously. I definitely yeah. started watching like more closer to the end, and like you know when all the other countries are participating towards mm. the end, like in the finals and stuff. But I think, I think there's just so much talent in Iceland. You know, getting back to that, like it's, yeah. it blows, it blows my mind sometimes how, you know, how it even is possible. Yeah, on the <laughs> face of it, when you look at the numbers, you think this can't possibly make sense no. or work, but it does. No, my husband loves to make, you know, he's Icelandic and mm. he loves to make like the per capita joke. Yeah. Like we have the most Nobel <laughs> prizes per capita. Like <laughs> it's one, <laughs> like, and, but it's because it's like, we're so few people. It's actually relatively like a really big deal yes. to even have one. So like, and he, yeah, he loves making that joke. And it is, it honestly is really just so true. Like, I mean, just in Akronas, we recently created a sort of, union type group of artists that are in actress and there's over 40 of them and painting and musicians and poets and mm. you know all of these things and and it's all really good it's not even like oh just like someone just start like it's, it's just so much talent and mm. some people are just starting out but you can see that like it's really there yeah. for them and well it's great Jacqueline I think a lot of people in Akranes will be keenly anticipating the arrival of the but, but and, and not just in Akranes yeah. as you say people from from Reykjavik and further afield as well would be advised to make the journey so yeah. uh, again without delving too deeply into the plans which yeah. many of which I mean, are visions in your head but plans, I just don't uh, know about the space okay <laughs> when are you aiming to open then oh I'm, I'm hoping you know end of summer early autumn if like I mean, it could really be as soon as I get the space, pretty much, because I, I really do have all of the ideas in place. Mm. And I think I would just have maybe some trial runs of classes and just of certain things before I like really opened it up to yeah. everyone to see. But I think it's something that people, you know, since having the show it was only open for four days and I, I got asked the question all the time, when is it ha happening? When is it happening? Because um, I kind of, you know, put a teaser out there about what it's going to be. And because I'm also... Um, hoping it can also be an event space, you know, somewhere people want to come and, you know, have yeah. have certain events. Maybe it's even like a wedding reception or something, sure. something small, something, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Intimate. Like, intimate, yeah. exactly. Like, because it's so, I find it so necessary. It's It's really hard to find anywhere to even have those things without it being in a building of another purpose. Yeah. I want to have a building that that is the purpose. The purpose is for 
local artists to have their platform, for me to have a better studio and to have my own you know, yeah. gallery as well, but also to open up classes to the community and yeah. to teach yeah. maybe the way I do things, but also because I'm also educated in art, like I have, there are other things I can teach people about art that isn't just exactly how I do something. Um, but also, it's also important for the young, younger generations yeah, yeah. to see that this is possible, like, you know, that they have, they have a future in art, because I think that was also one of the reasons, you know, it took me so long to find my way, way back to art, was because I never believed that it was really possible to do this full time. I never thought, you know, you're growing up, you always hear, like, pick something practical, you know, like something that's going to earn you money, then, and people never really think that's art, and I mean, I think in the social media age, though, it's been able to be a lot more of people's realities now, yeah, yeah. Um, which is awesome because social media can often be a negative thing, but it's positively affected my work and my um, creativity. So I'm happy that, because it's also brought so many people, not just from Akronas, but from Reykjavik to yeah, come yeah. see my show this weekend. So I'm really grateful for that. Well, I'm delighted yeah. that was a success. And I've no yeah. doubt the gallery will be as well. And of Thank course, you. we can keep up to date with the progress of that on your yeah, website, definitely. which is at JacquelineArnestonArt.com, which it's definitely it's being updated right now with all of the the things basically. All the things. My, my husband is my <laughs> business manager and my my IT guy. And goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, and goalkeeper. <laughs> he does it all. So so yeah. it's it's I don't know what I would be without him honestly no. because he's yeah. been so important and integral to my growth as an artist as well. I couldn't I couldn't really do this without his support. So I'm very grateful to him as well. So. It's not even Valentine's Day. Yeah. It is something that I think people don't understand sometimes about, yeah. you know, li moving to a different country where you don't know the language and, and you don't have your family here or your friends that you grew up with. It can be really difficult. So, and that can often maybe feel like a lot of pressure for the partner who is from here, you know, but he has been so supportive of mm -hmm. everything I've done and his family as well. And, and like, I really, I really don't think I could be in this position now to have the confidence that I have to do all these things if it weren't for knowing that he's always supporting me and they're always supporting me and, you know, they're telling their friends, they're, they're doing everything that they can to, you know, lift me up. So I, I have to say something about that, Indeed. you know. Well, no, it's a fantastic story and thank you so much for, for sharing it with me today, Jack, and very much appreciated. And uh, details of the forthcoming gallery, as you heard on Jacqueline's website, we'll post a link in the article here as well. This is the Roof English podcast and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for listening today. If you want to get in touch with Roof English anytime, you'll find us by email english at ruv.is. You're listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.